This is Chicago's Afternoon News. I'm Lisa Dent. Hal Singer's on the phone. Hal is the managing director of Econ One Research and a professor at Georgetown University's McDonough School of Business. Is inflation providing cover for price fixing, Hal? Well, yes, that's my thesis, and I'm sticking with it. Good talking with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because, you know, when I bring that up, people are like, oh, price fixing, it's illegal. Nobody would dare do that. But come on, most of us are are thinking it. We, we feel like we're witnessing it, but we can't prove it. Can anyone prove it? You know, so I, I want to tell you where I got the idea. I've been doing, I do a lot of price fixing litigation. It's just my practice. Uh, and I was in a, I was in a courtroom in, in December of 2021 in a, a guy who had uh, pled guilty to a price fixing conspiracy told the jury that during periods of inflation, his cartel functioned more effectively and efficiently than it ever otherwise would. And, you know, the logic here was that a little bout of inflation uh, softens the beachheads and primes uh, consumers for future price increases and also provides a pretext. You know, he, he acknowledged and admitted that he would send off fake news stories to the press uh, to divert them, you know, whenever inflation bouts were, were occurring and saying, no, it was inflation, it wasn't us. And, and as I was listening to this, I was thinking to myself, my God, you know, if, if this cartel was exploiting uh, a bout of inflation, you know, what, what, what does it say about the rest of the economy? And, and a few studies came out, and I did my own research, and it's, I, I think there is uh, starting to be some pretty compelling evidence that that price fixing and price coordination, it's not the cause of inflation, but, but it's, it is making inflation worse. And it's interacting with inflation in a way that's making inflation a lot worse than it otherwise would be. Um, there was an article that I read that you're quoted in, and it mentioned the, I don't know, the financial chief, the CEO of Chipotle, um, were... He came out and said, well, customers have shown very little resistance to price increases. And then as a customer, I'm thinking, okay, that's rude um, because I'm not going to yell at the kid that's making 12 or 14 bucks an hour who's doing my burrito bowl. So how would you know how I feel? Well, the way they know how is that they keep pushing prices further and consumers are, are for, for now going along for the ride. What, what happens is when the consumer knows that they're in an inflationary environment, they are primed. They are they are more they they are more tolerant of a price increase because they think, oh, maybe this provider is just doing it to keep up with its own costs that are going up. So they're more tolerant to accept the price increase. But what's happening, and, and I've been seeing these earnings calls. What's happening in these earnings calls is that CEOs are telling all of their rivals, you know, not not just that you know we went up by eleven percent last quarter, but that we plan to raise by another. And then they're very detailed, you know, seventeen point two percent you know, in the following quarter. And what, what worries me about this is that uh, I see it as an invitation to collude. That is, the rivals can, can hear the messages, come on, follow me for a ride, so long as you come in at a price hike, even slightly below my announced price hike, you will be assured that you will not lose any market share to me, that's the leader, because I'm going to go in front of you with a bigger with a bigger price hike. So, yeah, it's never a written agreement or, you know, a meeting. It's a... Uh... Uh, you know, a verbal wink and a nod, so to speak. That's right. And I think they realize that it is it is hard to pursue these cases under our antitrust laws. And I, w- I won't kill you with the reason why. But, but, but the courts under the Sherman Act are really looking for solid evidence of an agreement. And if all you have is, a, is an exchange of, of information via the public airwaves, 
that's typically not sufficient to prevail under the antitrust laws. Um, there is one kind of um, kind of ray of hope, which is that the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, can pursue these invitations to collude under a different statute, the FTC Act. And and I'm hoping that uh, that someone over there, you know, uh, decides to make an example of the next CEO who you know who boasts about where they're heading, you know, with great specificity next quarter. Hal Singer is a managing director of Econ One Research and professor at Georgetown University McDonough School of Business. Um, you know, not specific brands, but what categories do you think are taking advantage of us? Price fixing and using inflation as a cover. Do we start with airlines or are they just trying to make yeah, the I money they lost for- during the panda- pandemic? I put airlines pretty high up. You know, they keep they keep saying that they're reducing capacity. You know, taking out flights in order to um, uh, correct for these uh, and, and reduce the number of delays. But you know, reducing capacity that's to an economist. I mean, it puts upward pressure on prices. It allows them to raise prices. And the press, the business press, just goes right along with their pretext. They're like, oh yeah, it must be must be for good reasons. Can't be for nefarious reasons. But I, I think that when when a CEO, when an airline CEO says we're reducing capacity, you know, he says. There's too much capacity in our industry, so we're going to reduce our capacity by 11.4% you know, next quarter. I hear that as an invitation to its rivals, particularly in a concentrated industry like the airlines, that they, that they should follow. That's the other thing that I want to tell you. In, in my testimony to the House um, committee, I, I did, a, did a study and found that the largest price hikes in 2021 came from the most concentrated industries in 2020. And, and the, the story here is that it's easier to coordinate a price hike uh, by the sharing of public information in a concentrated industry, right? If you only have like two or three rivals and you take to the airwaves and you say, I'm reducing my capacity by 17% next quarter, that it's much easier for, for that to have an effect in a concentrated industry than in an unconcentrated industry with, say, you know, 20 rivals. And so, sure enough, what we observe is we get the highest price hikes in 2021 coming from most concentrated industries and you know the industries right it's shipping and food and and uh, and the oil industries so yeah i'll leave it at that yeah somebody just sent a text and said i just paid seven dollars and fifty cents for a box of cheerios at jewel i'm like i know i get it um so i had my own you know um experience with what they call dynamic pricing this week when i tried to buy bruce springsteen tickets and they wanted $3,400 or $4,700, those were my two options for being the 963rd person in line online to buy the tickets, uh, which is so frustrating. So are we going to see what they call dynamic pricing start working in markets other than airlines, hotels, and now entertainment? I do, unfortunately, believe that dynamic pricing, and basically everyone's going to pay their own price, is coming because they realize, I mean, firms realize that that's the way to, to extract the most profit and consumer surplus that you can, uh, rather than paying, you know, charging everyone the same price. Uh, and basically just kind of keeping the consumer in the dark as to what the real price is, and you only find out, you know, at the moment of purchase, and it depends on all your particular situations. So I do feel like dynamic pricing is, is coming. But, I, but the thing that I you know, want to put your readers and hopefully anybody, any of the antitrust authorities kind of are listening on the lookout for is when, is when, is when firms try to, to coordinate with their rivals uh, through, these, through these airways, through the public airways on earnings calls. Just, just yesterday, 
the Unilever CEO, these are guys who are making Ben and Jerry's ice cream and the like, you know, are, are bragging that they went up by 11%, uh, you know, relative to last year. And, um, and also saying that their consumers are taking it, but profits are going up. And, and, you know, I, again, I just can't help when I hear this stuff in this context, I can't help but thinking that they're, they're asking other ice cream makers uh, to, to consider that, you know, 11% is safe. Anything 11% or less of an increase is safe, and you ought to, you ought to give it a try. So not only do you believe that inflation is providing cover for price fixing, you believe that they're using public airways. They're saying it to us as a way to let their competitors know what they're doing. That's right. Just, just listen to the earnings calls. All of the attention is, is going right to pricing power. Groundwork Collaborative did a whole study on this. Where they gathered, um, you know, earnings calls, transcripts over the last year. And, yeah, they, they, they know, they also know that the financial markets just eat this stuff up, right? Like, for you to brag to the financial markets that you've got the power to raise prices, um, you know, it always, always results in a, in a lift in your stock price. But, but the concern I have, again, is in a concentrated industry. If you're, if you're telling your rivals with, with specificity, you know, by how much you're going up in prices or how much you're going down in capacity next quarter, it becomes very easy for them to coordinate and basically follow you in a way that we, we head higher and higher. We've got 10 seconds left, Hal. Is there any hope that things are going to change? Or are they still going to be able to get away with it? I think there is hope. I get the sense that, that, that the Biden administration and the FTC is, uh, recognizes what's going on. I'm just waiting you know, day to day for, for them to strike. But, but it's certainly on their radar, and yeah, I'd be hopeful. Hopefully something's going to change soon. Hal Singer, Managing Director of Econ One Research and Professor at Georgetown University. Steve has your news next on 720 WGN. Lisa Dent, WGN.